0: Hi Sal, good to have you on the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Hardy. I appreciate it, brother.
0: <laughs> so, nice to
1: finally meet you. It was a lot of back, back. Well, it was a lot of yeah. It was a lot of back and
0: forth. A lot of back and forth, right? So um, for everybody who doesn't know you, who doesn't know what you do, um, please please talk a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, my name is Sal Forsella. I am a uh, I'm an average person just like yourself. Um, for the average listener who's looking to to, to start a journey and, and create. Uh, kind of have that entrepreneurial spirit in a sense of of creating something that you're passionate about. I'm a father of three, I'm a happily married man to a to a young, beautiful, hot wife.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> I have three kids under 14 months, which makes my life a little bit more crazy. And um, I'm the president of a supplement sports supplement company, or really a lifestyle brand that we'd like to think of uh, here in the United States called First Form. Um, you know, we're passionate about helping people change their lives and. And, you know, something that that hopefully I'm assuming will will achieve out today's podcast is helping people chase their passion and finding success through passion and, and and how to monetize that or really how to how to create how to create a career out of something you love.
0: I love it. So um, let's start about uh, let's start to talk about your, your entrepreneurial journey. How did you start out? So um, like wh- what was your first business venture and stuff like that?
1: Well, mine's a little bit unique because um I played baseball. I played baseball in college and, uh, I had a sports injury that, that, um, I broke my leg at a collision at home plate and it, uh, it, it forced me out of the game that I loved. And what's interesting about that is it was probably the best lesson that I ever uh, learned in, in life and in business. And the reason I say that is because, um, I spent millions of hours or, you know, hundreds of thousands of hours and, and, and took millions of swings in practice. And, and I lived Eve, uh, ate and, and breathed, you know, baseball. And quite honestly, I didn't pay it the respect that it deserves. And, and it ended up costing my career because I didn't take it serious. I was, I was too worried about being in the bars and, uh, <laughs> and, and drinking beer than I was really more focused on perfecting my craft. And it, and it taught me a lot about, you know, being a young student of the, of the game. And, um, after I broke my leg, I I I I got into sales. Sales is my passion. That's what I love to do. I think it's probably you know my my gift is people, and and sales happens to to fall into that realm. And um, so I started selling copy machines, copiers, actual old school copiers. And uh, door, to
0: door how did you do it?
1: Yeah, door to door, man. My first day that the the sales practice was go get a hundred business cards. So we had to go meet a hundred people <laughs> and, and and tell a hundred people what you did in, in one day. And I'll tell you, it was a very humbling day because it was hotter than hell. I'll never forget it. It was late August, and in St. Louis, it's it's you know, uh, uh, 95 degrees with 110% humidity, and uh, you're in a suit, you're walking around. I'd never worked in a suit before. You know, I was wore like you know, baseball <laughs> uniform. So it was a it was an interesting day. But uh, you know, I, I had some success selling copiers. Uh, um, I was able to figure that out at a young age, and and really just by helping people. You know, I've learned. I learned a lot of what not to do in sales process by selling copiers because you know because of the the, the way that they were preaching or teaching people to sell, which is kind of that used car salesman approach, and um, that wasn't that wasn't my style. You know, I always figured like, you know, my role as, as a salesperson is to help people, and if I could help people, they'll trust me, and once I gain their trust, then we can kind of have that real conversation. Yeah. And so, you know, and it's amazing like when you become their guy, they send their friends, and so I, I learned that at a, at a young age and. I had the
0: opportunity on no, no pressure sales techniques and stuff like that, and and grab people by the throat and.
1: <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of truth to that because I went to all those sales seminars and I read all those sales books, and I remember and I you know and this is part of like you know trust in your gut and trust in your core and you know you can't I remember trying to do those things the hard closes and the sales and here's your opportunity
0: <laughs> and I never today uh, yeah it won't last <laughs> no,
1: like no not only that like it's so disingenuous and you feel like a turd burglar you know so, so <laughs> and, um, you know, it wasn't my style and it's not what I wanted to do and 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 I can remember vividly making that change in my head and and trying to help those customers you know instead of trying to sell them the biggest machine possible you know trying to sell them the right machine for their needs and then you know I had some success and and I was able to land some you know some some pretty decent sized accounts. I was the youngest national sales account manager they had. Um, I moved on at that point. I, I went into medical device sales. This whole time though, I'm hustling. You know, I bartended, I, I poured concrete, I would do side jobs. I I did patios, I did driveways. Like, I'm a I'm a workaholic by nature, but I I just I I love being around people, and that was always my thing. And so, um, know, yeah, I went to Johnson and Johnson, and I was in med device, and and um, I had some success there as well. I was there for for about six years, and Again, I was the one of the youngest national sales account guys that they had or national managers they had, and um, my heart was not there. You know, I knew
0: mm. I knew that
1: my calling was was different because, you know, from changing people's lives, you know, I used to sell hernia mesh and breast reconstruction tissue, and hernia mesh was fixing these big, you know, uh, wildly obese people. They'd have these massive hernias, and it was, you know, and you, you see, like, how unhealthy people are and, and how we're fixing them, and we're not fixing them the right way. We're, you know, you should be able to fix them Uh, physically and mentally before
0: diet and and exercise pattern yeah
1: yeah and so my brother was in the in the sports nutrition business at that time uh he had some uh, some retail stores they had eight retail or six retail stores at the time and uh he he had this idea you know he started a little supplement company called first form and and uh him and his business partner asked if i if i'd go in you know if i'd be a part of it and and um i was fortunate enough to to have that opportunity and it was it's a passion of mine because you know, my brother and I and, and our business partner on the other side, we're all bigger guys that struggle with weight. And so, you know, when you look at how you take that same sales mentality on on, you know, especially like in the internet marketing world, I know you're very familiar with this, you know, how do you clickbait sell, how do you click funnel sell somebody <laughs> into this wrap, you know, this magic pill, this magic system, and
0: you know, you, 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 the five step plan to riches, right? <laughs> Right. The, internet,
1: the internet billionaires, you know, I, I you know, you go, a, you go to seminars where they're like, "Hey, you work for one hour a day and you're going to make ten million dollars." Well, I, I don't know that way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. a hundred
0: million, million. Yeah, sorry,
1: yeah, my bad. You know, and, but that's how people, in today's world, that's how they beat it. They're like, "Oh, well, he only he only sells the hundred million dollar plan. Mine's the two hundred million dollar plan."
0: You know,
1: Thirty minutes a day in my plan, you know, so. You know, that's just not our style, man. And that's not who we are. And, and um, so we started a really, you know, really a, a grassroots movement on how to help people change their lives. And, and um, you know, we, we've got a, we've developed a, a, a great system of, of, of employees here or friends or coworkers. And, um, you know, we set out really to change the fitness industry one person at a time by helping them change their lives. And it's something that we're all passionate about because, you know, I struggle with weight loss, too. I struggle with the same things that our customer base struggles with. And when you talk about
0: being passionate with them, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, dude, relatability is the number one key selling point. Like if you can look at a person and and speak to their soul, you can tell them and explain to them the struggle that they're going to go through. And you can let them know that it's worth it. And you can let them know that you've been there. And you know those dark days. And you know when you feel like, you know, it's not working. But, you know, being a partner in crime and, and, and holding their hand and letting them know, hey, man, like we're 14 days in, you got to give me, you got to give me 14 more my way. And if you do that, we can start to see some results. You know, this is not a magic pill. It's not a quick fix. And I think, you know, in today's internet world where everything's a 20 day fix or a, you know, a two week fix, like
0: 30 every, day challenge, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Your, your physical health <laughs> is a, is a lifestyle adjustments. It's, it's an education and, you know, teaching people how to fix the problem versus bandaid the issue Will help them change their lives big picture. And so, what we've come, what we've really—the reason I said early in the podcast—is why we are a lifestyle brand. The lifestyle piece comes into play because you know supplements just happen to be our delivery system. The, the lifestyle piece is when you teach somebody mentally how to gain control of their physical self, they will reinvent their life. They will take their life to an entirely different level. And then, whether that's being a, bus, a, a better business leader, whether that's being a better friend, a husband, a father, a mother, a brother, a sister. You start to have confidence in what you in who you are and what you do every day and you start to enjoy life. And so when you start talking about like being passionate about something, the reason that we're passionate about that top, bottom, left, right is because I know that feeling. And so when you look at somebody and I can tell them, you know, hey, you got 100 pounds to lose. That's a lot of weight. But the good news is, is we can get you there and it's not going to it's not going to take 30 days. It's going to take a year. It's going to take a year. But if you, if you can commit to yourself and you can go look in the mirror and say, hey, I got a lot of work to do. I'm going to follow this system and I'm going to work hard. I'm not going to cheat. I'm going to give myself the best chance possible. That is how you create success. And that's how you create confidence. And it's the cool thing about our business. The super cool thing about our business is your physical transformation is no different than starting an entrepreneurial business. You have to learn that the struggle is real. And that's why from an entrepreneurial standpoint, like we can look at people And we have such a great relatable model is because, you know, these internet guys want to sell these kids the dream. (laughs) Well, there is no fucking dream like that. You know, it's going to take. Sit on the beach, make millions, smoke weed. (laughs) You know, like I I literally went to the seminar this weekend where, the, I mean, it's so funny you said that. The the guy was like, you know, you have to learn that you can do whatever you want to. And, And if you want to go live on the beach and go smoke weed, then you go fucking do that. And I'm like, (laughs) how are you going to pay your bills you know what I mean like how does this how does this work and so you know you know when I look at our business specifically and how it translates right into the entrepreneurial spaces you have to go look in yourself in the mirror and you're going to have some dark days you're going to lose a lot of friends you're going to have to work your ass off you're going to have to change your habits and but understand that if you give it and pay it its respects and you pay it its dues and you're good to people you don't try to screw people if you are genuinely good to people you will yeah. Yeah, you can win. And that's where that's why I love like the business that we're in and why it's so relatable to entrepreneurial spirit, because we're changing the brain and teaching people how to go through the process. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so um before we talk about first form i really want to talk with you about sales so um what were your most important insights why selling to other people like um of course no pressure no no sneaky oil uh, salesman uh, techniques so um speak a little bit to that
1: yeah i mean i think it's it's um when you learn to replace the word sell with help you can find a lot of great success, you know, and
0: and this one, that's great. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, because it's, it is against the grain and like, I'm like, by nature, I'm an against the grain person. If, if we're in a room and there's a hundred people and 90 of them walk that way, I'm naturally going to walk that way because I understand (laughs) that's how the world works. And so, you know, understanding that people buy and connect from human interaction they feel trust. And so, We've developed a sales system here that is educate, trust, and loyalty. And through education, you have to care about somebody first. You have to teach them how to change their life. You have to teach them why they need your product or service, not shove your product or service down down their throat. And the reason that they buy is because of you. And so learning to build value in yourself and credibility in yourself through taking care of that person first is the reason ultimately that they're gonna not only buy from you, but they will become loyal to you and your service and then refer your service or you to their friends. And so educate trust loyalty. We use a model that's teach people how to change their lives, get them moving in the right direction. You, you learn to have some trust and you create that trust cycle. Once you gain trust and you deliver trust back and forth, four, five, six times, you can create loyalty and loyalty is the model where they'll buy your t-shirts. They buy your product. They, 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, they refer their friends. I mean, it is, it is a, it is a, it is the best non-sales uh, model that you can have in, in order to grow your business, and so, you know, learning to to replace the word "sell" with "help" is going to be the key component. But you have to learn that you better believe in you, and you better believe in what you're doing, because if you don't, you're going to the, the, the people are smart. They understand that they
0: can see your level of certainty, right?
1: Well, there's a there's a. I don't know if you believe in the law of attraction or not, but I think there's an there's an energy transfer re- between people and when you're being sold, like buying a car, like you feel that and you don't naturally like that. Like there's a there's a standoffish like I'm gonna back away when in reality when you're making a car when you're buying a car, right? This is the thing that you drive every single day. And I know some people are not attached to vehicles, but this is something you take pride in and you have to spend years and years and lots of money to to a
0: afford decision, it. Yeah.
1: It's a big decision. You should. It should be an enjoyable process. It should not be this holy shit. Like I'm scared <laughs> of this
0: guy. And, yeah. and,
1: you know. And, and most of sales are done that way. Most of sales are are trying to shove a solution down somebody's throat when you're. Talk
0: people into buying and stuff like that, right?
1: Yeah. Well, you should ask a lot more questions than you. They should deliver the questions, but or then 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 um, deliver them just answers. But when you look at you know in that process, you should really. Make sure that you're taking care of the customer and the sale takes care of itself.
0: So basically, um, like your most important lesson or for our listeners to give them something practical would be like um, instead of uh, viewing it as like selling to other people, view it as uh, helping other people, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is and this is a great way to think of it as well. Like, how would you want somebody to treat your mom or your grandma? You know, if you if you sent your grandma in there, like, how would you how would you treat them? You know, like, would you. Would you be pressuring them or would you personally? No, <laughs> I do
0: know. know.
1: Yeah, you, you walk your grandma down and you want to make sure she's taken care of and you want to walk her to her car and, and you want to make sure she knows how to work the Bluetooth system and you want to show her how to set up the radio. You know, understanding you got to care about these people, not just your grandma, but treat every single person that way and every every interaction that way. And it's amazing. Success just shows up.
0: <laughs> so, for everyone um, who is currently listening to this episode, now's the time to take notes. Um, <laughs> well, great, I mean, advice, great advice, really.
1: You know, by nature, we're, we're designed to find the most efficient way to do things, right? The fastest, quickest, you know, um, and really the value that you build and through a sales process and how you create loyalty is all done through the inefficiencies of the sale. You know, all the things that you kind of find annoying are the things you should really love to do. like. Walk grandma out and put her in her car. Make sure that if it's raining, you're holding an umbrella and walk her to the car because you don't want her to get wet. Well, your grandma is no different than every other customer that you have. You know, yeah. These are the people that are paying your bills. And so when you learn to connect with them because you care for them, it's amazing how success just starts to- And magic- people
0: that's can true. feel this energy, right? And Absolutely. people can, can, can really, really feel it. And like you only try to make money or if you try to help them, right?
1: That's it. And people people are smart, they understand and they don't have to be intelligent but there's an, intuition, there's an intuition of energy transfer that happens there. When you're being taken advantage of, you know it. And nobody likes to be taken advantage of. But when you're being taken care of, you feel that too. And so I would highly, highly encourage you to stop selling snake oil and really start caring about people.
0: <laughs> Great advice, my man. Great advice. So um, let's talk a little bit about First Form. Like how did you grow the brand and, and how did you grow the company and stuff like that?
1: Well we've utilized social media as, as a huge platform, you know, in, in the early days, when you look at, um, you know, we were just a bunch of young punk kids, you know, and we had a great team. We got a great team of guys, like our our guys and girls here, are, I would put them against anybody on earth. And whether we <laughs> sold, we could sell water and we'd be at the top. And,
0: <laughs> and, and, it's, be,
1: and it's because of the concepts that I just explained to you is like, you have to understand that you have to build value in who you are. And at the time when we were young, We knew we made great products. We knew we cared about people. We knew we wanted to help people change their lives. We just didn't have a way to brand it or market it yet. You know, we hadn't figured it out. We 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 thought we were funny. We knew we were likable. We drive pickup trucks. We're, you know, we're just normal Midwest blue-collar guys. And so we took to social and kind of had a funny social beginning and and you know, fun, humor so, was the way is, people
0: uh, came for the brand. context. Sorry, for the context. So you were just posting like uh, pictures on Instagram and and Facebook and tried to market like that way. or? Pretty,
1: pretty much. We were we were creating a brand through humor. We tried humor because we didn't. I mean, like man, back in the early days before we had you know ten guys in our video department and and you know twenty salespeople and fifty people packing orders, it was us and a cell phone. You know, and us and a little bitty camera. <laughs> so. We were so we were so deathly afraid of social media that we literally would put lucha libre. In fact, I probably have one. Jerry, um, sure, we go grab me one next door. I, we had we used to put these little masks on our heads so nobody knew who we were because we were embarrassed. Like we were like, man, what happens if people think we're idiots? Like what happens if they don't like us? What happens if? Well,
0: so so you were trolling the internet, right? <laughs> I mean, we
1: were, like literally. We would put helmets on and (laughs)
0: sunglasses
1: and we would make funny videos and we would, you know, but what we realize is like, and and this is going to come off really funny, like people, people can always connect with other people through humor. You know, like farts are funny. They just are like, there's nothing, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) understanding that we had to connect with people first and then let them know what we did and that we were good people and that we could help them. The, the way we started was through humor. And then we would draw them in with humor and then we would deliver them great, valuable content on how to tra- tra- uh, change their life. We would bring them in with humor, change their life, bring them in with humor. And we would never, we weren't sell, sell, sell. We were, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk wrote a phenomenal- value,
0: right? What's that? Giving value.
1: Always build value. Always, always. Jab, 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 right hook. That's the best book that I've ever read from the standpoint of, of understanding internet marketing, just because it's driving, you know, build value, build value, build value, build value, ask for the sale. You know, so it's jab, 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 right hook. And so we would constantly, we added a step to that and we would bring them in with humor, value, 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 position, product, value, 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 position, product. And so, you know, we, we utilized social in the early days and we were one of the first companies that figured out how to monetize, you know, social media from that standpoint. So, Quite honestly, because we didn't have a huge marketing budget, like zero, we had to stick to this free app called Instagram and do shit like this. (laughs) And we would talk to people about losing weight and mask like this. Believe it or not,
0: do you think a strategy like that would would work, like in
1: 2019? Or I don't know. You know, back then, and I think you know, you got to think, right? Like. Right now, social is very loud. It's very, very loud. It's very so you got to stand out. And you know, for us, that was the way that we stood out. It was kind of like, who in the hell are these goofy people, and what in the fuck are they doing? And so, um, because otherwise, we were just another supplement company with a label with some you know hot chick, and that's not that's not who we are, and that's not that's not what we wanted to be. We wanted to help people change their lives, and so we understood that we we just had to to step out. Everybody wants to play in this normal box, like, oh, this is what you should do. Well, unfortunately, you get desensitized to it's, you know, you you get desensitized to ads like you. you, We've all been there. You used to to drive to the, you know, you're driving to work and you hear the same mortgage company for the thousandth time. Eventually, you just tune that out. You know what I mean? It's completely gone. And so you have to learn to step outside the box and get people to at least look at you. And Seth, Seth Godin wrote a book on this called The Purple Cow, you know, and you have to learn to be the purple cow in the marketplace because if you were driving down the, – the whole concept of the book is if you're driving down the street and you see dairy cow, dairy cow, dairy cow, dairy cow, dairy cow, dairy cow, and there's a purple one, you stop and look at the purple one.
0: Exactly, yeah. So 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 basically, um, your advice for everyone who's listening will be like try to find a unique selling proposition where you can really differentiate yourself from the competition, right?
1: Yeah, and and the best way that I know how to do that is to be you because nobody can beat you at being you. And, you know, the thing is, is like us, we we are funny people like, you know, we like we are selfless humor people. Like I, I make fun of people. I don't mind being the butt of the joke like I have, you know, like that's we 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 have fun. And so when you can be you and other people try to emulate you, they will never beat you. And so that's the secret to 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 your success. No matter who's listening, you have to learn to care about people and you have to be great at being you and you have to show them why you Are the solution to their problems, and when you can do that and you can connect with that person from a from an intercellular level, you'll have great success. You know, so you've got to step outside the box and don't don't be afraid to be goofy. Don't be afraid to be real. You got to think like that corporate person that you're calling on at the highest level. They have friends too, and they go drink beer with their friends too, and you know what? They they are normal too. You know, they have kids who who you know, take their poop and wipe it on the walls and tell stories like that shit, you know, that shit is real. And so being real and connecting with people on a human level is, is the competitive advantage in today's social atmosphere, because
0: in everyone tries so- to be perfect, right? Like, um, what, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? You know what I mean?
1: Like nobody, everybody knows you don't look like that when you woke up, you know? So <laughs> you know, understanding that that's your competitive advantage. Like my competitive advantage for me personally is like, my life is complete chaos. You know, like I have three kids under 14 months. You know, I wake up early. I train, I try to work out before the kids get up. Well, sometimes I get up early and I change in diapers and I'm running to school and I go to work and I run this, you know, pretty decent sized company. And dude, I have bad days. I have good days, but I share that with people. I let them know like, hey, listen, you're not alone. Like the struggle is real, work-life balance. I don't know what the fuck that is. You know what I mean? Don't feel lonely, like you keep moving. And so my struggle, my realness is wh- how I connect to my people, which is why they like me.
0: Now we, do, we come back to, to the whole relatable thing, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Being relatable. I think if if you're not relatable, you will not be successful. There's no not not, I mean, you might be successful in graphic design, maybe, I don't even know. But if you're in sales, and you're trying to build a business, you better learn to relate to people, and you sure as shit better be be able to relate to your customer base. Because if you can't, you're gonna have a short-lived entrepreneurial life. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna be stuck selling ClickFunnels.
0: <laughs> or, or, or get rich quick schemes right <laughs> so um let's talk a little bit about your um, most important insights while scaling the business so i think like a lot of people who are currently listening they maybe have like a few employees or a team of five people or eight people but but you have like a really really big brand so um what were your personal uh, most important insights while scaling the business and, and growing the brand and having a big team and yeah.
1: So I still struggle with this. And okay, I think, okay. you know, because like I <clears throat> in my brain, we're still a very small business. And, and it's not because of a revenue standpoint. It's because, you know, when you look at, at the quality of employee that we have, and when I say I would put our team against anybody's, it's because we have a, we, we call ourselves a family. Like we have a very tight knit group organization and, and we're very good at being.
0: How uh, many people are, are in your company? Like. Well, we
1: have, so we have about 150 corporate employees and then we have 9,000 independent reps. So, I mean, we have a
0: pretty large. That's a big number, my man.
1: (laughs) But you know, like our, our, our success has always been based on interpersonal relationships. And so as we've grown, the toughest thing that we've been able to do is, is scale. Scaling's tough. Scaling is not like you know, I'd love if somebody's got a click funnel on scaling the business, I'd probably <laughs> fucking buy it because the truth is, is, is I'm not a master at that either. But, you know, what we've been able to do is, is, and this is my biggest struggle is delegation, you know, delegating and, and creating ownership of, of individual departments, you know, from our core guys. And, and, you know, we don't, we don't lose employees for the most part. I mean, I, I can think the people who have been with me for 10 years, like I, I don't, I've only lost maybe two or three people over the last three or four years who have been with me longer than, you know what I mean? Like uh, you lose a guy here and there, he's been here six or seven months and they, they just don't vibe with the staff. But my guys yes. and girls, they, they're ride or die. They've been here for a long time. And so, but you can only create that culture when you learn to care about people. You see how this thing circles back around? Like people feel that you care about them and you have to learn to take care of them. Like I don't treat our employees. Like, I mean our employees, they've come to my house, they come to my kids' birthday parties. Like I bring my kids around. them. like in order to, to scale sustainably and take a, you know five ten million dollar business which is a great business and turn it into a hundred two hundred million dollar business you have to learn that these people that you care about are going to grow that business so you better learn to care about them and so you know what we've been able to do is create an unbelievable second tier of 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 weapons of guys and girls who create who create this care feeling um for other other uh, whether it be our independent reps or other people inside the walls. And we, it allows them ownership of the process. It allows, allows them ownership of the business and allows them to, to, to scale their careers and lives, which is what they've invested in and why they've been here six, seven, eight years. And so my, my nugget for you, you know, who are taking notes or listening is if you care about people, they'll care about you, but you have to care about them first. And that's including your employees. You know, a lot of, there's only one way to lead and that's from the front. And so when you talk about leadership, Leadership is an action; is they are not words. And so, you if you want a clean bathroom, you have to show them the, how a clean bathroom works. If you want to kick fucking ass, you got to show them what kicking fucking ass looks like. And so, you know, creating that so connection.
0: Being a role model is like really, really important while scaling the business, right?
1: It is the only way to do it because how, the best the best way for the best way for you to duplicate yourself is to go care about your your next tier tier of people. And what will happen is they will emulate themselves to be like you because they'll linchpin themselves to you. And when you do that, they're never going to make the decisions that you make 100% of the time. But if you teach them correctly because you care about them and you've invested in them, they're going to make the right decision 90% of the time. And the 10% you can handle. You know, it's whenever you try to just bosh your way through the line that, those people, they don't know, they, they end up doing nothing because they are scared to go left or right, and then this department dies, you know? So you have to empower them, but before you empower them, you gotta you got to give them what you got in your brain, and you got to give them what you got in your heart. And when you learn to do that, you will and can succeed.
0: And I think your advice is so, so, so great, because um, I think also if you are the, the hard working type guy who's always in the front, who's always kicking ass, people get inspired by this, right? So
1: I say it all the time, like... I'm not afraid to clean a bathroom, pack a box, take out the trash or kick your ass. Like I don't care, you know, so it's like this is this is these are my guys. This is the standard that I'm going to set and we're going to have fun doing it.
0: (laughs) So um, let's talk a little bit about like common mistakes people do while scaling their own business. Like maybe uh, you could uh, speak a little bit about mistakes that most people might not be aware of while scaling their business. Like, what are the typical mistakes you see that uh, young entrepreneurs uh, are doing while while scaling the business?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I this is you see this one more often, I think, than than not. What happens is you get a guy who's young, it's 30, somewhere in that ballpark, maybe even younger, and they start to see a little bit of success. They start making a little bit of money, and they've made it. We'll use the term <laughs> "made." Well. They give up on the process, and they want to exit their business, and they want to boss, not lead, and their business goes away because they don't have a they don't have an ingrained culture to sustain that to sustain that system. And so, you know, when you when you step outside of the business, there's two different things. Like, you know, they say when you get to a top, you got to work on your business, not in your business. Yeah, it's very important. You got to work on your business to make sure you're moving, which I struggle with. But you got to be very careful that you don't exit your business.
0: You're, you're kicking too much s, right <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's
1: exactly right no but you know when you you got to make sure that you don't exit your business and make sure that you lose sight of what got you there and i think a lot of young guys and this is this is products social media 101 here's what happens they make a 100 grand they make 200 grand they make 300 grand they make a million dollars whatever they want to go out and buy their, their big body bins and they want to buy their $30,000 watch and they want to go buy a house and they want to go buy all this shit. Well, guess what? You got to pay for well, that's
0: that shit. on Instagram, right? <laughs>
1: Instagram 101, baby. You got to take your picture with your big watch next to your big steering wheel. And what happens is, is you know. Key these-
0: lesson here. Key lesson here. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Well, especially in the internet world, easy come, easy go. Just because you can sell a click funnel for the next six months doesn't mean you're going to be successful for the next 25 years. And so making sure that you're investing properly back into the structure of your business and investing back into the people of your business to make sure that you can not only make that money one year, but you can make that money for 20, 30, 40 Yeah, and, and that's where a lot of guys fail because you know, what I've realized about money is I need money to live the life that I want. That doesn't mean that everybody needs the money that I need to live the life that I want. But what I've learned is that if you you only want to spend that money when you're like 27, 28, 29 you're trying to get chicks that's what i've learned like when you're th- when you're married with three kids like man i i got the baddest ass minivan it's a mercedes sprinter and it's cool like that's what i give a shit about you know i give it i want to invest in my kids colleges like you know and 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 i've done all the cool shit i've flown on private jets and drive nice cars and do, you know, I've done all that. But when, when you're 28, you think it's important. And once you realize when you're 38, that shit doesn't matter. It, it, what matters is the engine and the model and the structure you've built in your business. So that when you're 38, it's, it's this, it's not this, you know? And so making sure that you're investing back into your business and you don't walk away from your business too early because you're reading, you're reading your own headlines and stroke your own ego about how great you are. Cause you made 500,000 bucks.
0: <laughs> and I think also like um, like a lot of people exit their business or uh, like make make a little, lot uh, a lot of money online, and um, they sit out on the beach or they travel all day, and, and, and this this stuff gets boring, right? So I think uh, it's like not a sustainable lifestyle long term. the
1: hu- The human the human soul craves human interaction, and it needs challenge. And so, like, I am not one of these people. Um, let's say we sold, if we sold our business today, I'd be back in business tomorrow doing something else because I love the challenge and I love the people and I, and I love, I love the, I just love the, the hustle of, I hate the word hustle. I love the, I love the, grind. I love the grind challenge. Yeah. I just love, I, I crave that. And so, you know, these guys who go and take two, three, four, five week vacations and they're like, Oh, they're great for your soul. And I'm always like, how the fuck, how the fuck do you leave for five weeks? You know? So, um, you know, am I the best at scaling or understanding sustainability? No, but I've seen the mistakes of a lot of young successful people, and I think when you look at when you look at the, there's a core commonality in them, and they they all make a little bit of money, they get out, they think they're successful, and it ends up kicking them in the ass.
0: So. Um what would you uh, like? Like, what were your your own mistakes while um, why while, while you were building the business? Like, what were your own mistakes that you did while you grew uh, first form?
1: Well, I think you know, as a company, we've made a lot of mistakes. Myself personally, I think the biggest thing that I did, which is it's kind of it's it's interesting because <clears throat> I've built phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal guys. I mean, phenomenal. My my top four or five guys are—I mean, they could—they're the best of the best of the best—and I say that as arrogantly as I possibly can. But I've trained them to be me, and that's not a good thing. And so it, it kind of contradicts a little bit of what I said before, but I want to make sure the message is clear. I train them to be—I'm a very good um, jack of all trades, master of none type of human. Like I can manage—I could manage a bunch of things at once. But they make sense to me and trying to explain and teach somebody how to do that doesn't make great sense. And so what I struggled with and I choked the business out doing this is I tried to manage all of the processes myself. And kind of have these guys help me, whereas in the last you know, year, I've really focused on transitioning the business to these to these guys and trying to get out of strangling their career and strangling their growth. And, you know, for a couple of years there, um, that was probably the biggest, mistakes, the biggest mistake that I've made from a business standpoint is I hindered our growth by, by, you know, because you're fearful that they're not ready or you're fearful they're going to make the wrong mistakes. Or you're fearful, but that's okay. Like their, their job and, you know, I was never perfect building it either. And we were never, we never made a hundred percent of the, mis- or the right answers, you know, and so letting go of that was was really tough for me. And so I think the biggest mistake, you know, that, that we have made personally, or that I have made personally, sorry, is I should have let learned to, to build those guys while letting go of that process. Trying,
0: trying to have too much control, right?
1: Yeah, and it's not out of ego. I'm not afraid to let it go. It's like I... I
0: trying to make everything perfect and making sure everything works and... You got it.
1: And it's never going to be perfect, you know what I mean? And that's like right now... Um, you know, uh, Jared, the guy who you were arranging this through, like he's my right hand guy. Jared's with, he's been with me for 10 years, 10 years he's been with me. And, I, and and he's so important in our customer service involvement that I was deathly afraid to move him in to be my right hand guy because he, he had so much control over over here. But I was afraid it would hurt the business when in reality, like if I'm not able to do what I'm great at. I'm hurting the business, you know what I mean? I'm not only hurting customer service, but I'm hurting sales and I'm hurting uh, videography and I'm hurting uh, distribution and I'm hurting supply chain and I'm hurting, you know, like, so like me me selfishly worried about this piece, I'm really choking out these pieces. And so you learn to advance people and train new people and let them grow because, you know, you look at the great companies and they scale really fast because they're great at building out different levels of people, Amazon. Um, Facebook, Instagram, these these companies that scale really quickly,
0: really, really quick. Yeah,
1: you think about how much control they have to give up in order to do that, and that's something that I that I struggled with for a long time. And and as we continue to grow, I'm getting more comfortable with still being in the business,
0: but letting yeah.
1: everybody else have their their time to shine.
0: And I think this um, a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to this problem because I think like a lot of people who are just starting out and, and building their first business they try to micromanage their whole team all the time and it's like really really inefficient right so um
1: it's hard man like when you're when you're especially when it's yours you know when it's yours
0: your your baby right
1: (laughs) you're very prideful of it i mean i i don't i don't look at that i don't look at that logo as first i look at that as our last name you know my my brother my brother and i like i share that First form is the last. It might as well just say Frisella on it, you know. And so, <laughs> I it's very hard to trust somebody with your name, you know. And and but if you did a good enough if you did a good enough job developing those people, you should learn to trust them because they are good people
0: yeah I, I think your 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 advice is great. so um let's let's talk a little bit about like hiring people. So how do you really screen your team and how do you make sure that you that you have such a great company culture that you hire the right guys and who really have a, a, a dedicated work ethic and 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 stuff like that?
1: it's very it's very simple. so I, I always tell people because this is the this is a question I get asked most often. everybody. We we have a great. I mean, if you follow us on social media in any way, shape, or form, we have a phenomenal core group of guys. Phenomenal. Yeah. And everybody wonders. They always ask, "How do you hire these guys? Where do you we're like? Where do you find them?"
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Where are those people, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: and and we always joke there. Well, we actually we have a farm out back that we grow them, and it's called the Lucky Employee Farm. <laughs> and and so I always tell because I do a lot of men's group speaking, like uh, leadership and 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 fatherhood is that's sales leadership father. That's my, that's, that's me. That's who I am. And I always tell them to, to build men of character, you must first be a man of character and you have to show them and explain to them and teach them just like you would your children. And you have to invest in, you have to care about them. And when you do that, they will care about you. And it's no different. If you notice my message is always the same. Like you got to care about humans first. You got to care about them because people crave that. And you know, the thing is, is like, if you learn to care about people, no other employee, no other employer, employer that they've ever had likely has cared about them the way that you do. And when you learn to express that to them, just like a good relationship at home, you know, if you have a healthy marriage, like you need to tell your wife or husband that you love them. You need to tell your kids that you love them, you know, and you need to have and make sure that you don't take that for granted. And, you know, my guys, like, I love my guys and they know it. Like, when I speak to them, like when I look at them and they get married and they buy houses and they, they get new cars, like I'm happy for them. Like I I fucking care about who they are and, and their families. And
0: and, and you're not faking it, right? Yeah. No,
1: fuck no. And that's the thing. And like, that's the difference. And that's why it, it is very hard, though. Like, you know, there's a fine line between friendship and boss or friendship and
0: leadership. In, but in how to manage this? Because I think like this is like really, really difficult, right? It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. Okay. Okay. Here we
1: go. go. And and this, and this is why I often use the analogy as relationships are very similar to employees, because if you have a healthy relationship at home, the word no is okay. You know, the word no to your wife is okay. Your job is to tell her the truth. Your job is not to tell her what she wants to hear. Good, solid core marriages. They have, they have arguments. They have disagreements. And, you know, no different than inside the business walls, uh, they may not like what I have to say, but I learned to speak the truth. And so just like at home, when I speak the truth, I don't say it as a personal attack. I say it as how I feel. And I say it as the truth coming from my heart. And a lot of people have a hard time saying the word no and telling the truth. And one thing that my guys always know is that I tell them the truth and I will tell them no. And I will crack that whip if I need to. And they can be mad at me and they can they can fucking not like what that what I have to say. But they respect it ultimately because they know that my heart is in a good place looking out for them. I don't do it for me. I say no because of them. And so when you can well, build that.
0: good intentions, level trust, right? You have good intentions.
1: And when you can build that level of trust, you can build an army that will go through any type of wall you need them to.
0: Great. So, um uh, before at the end i always ask like two personal questions okay. uh, but 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 lastly let's um, give our listeners something practical so what would be your best advice for young entrepreneurs who start to to build a brand who want to build a brand who want to start a business like what would be your, your 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 last piece of advice like your best advice
1: it's very easy man like and I, this is these are like my core these are my core values for my young for my young people trying to get up have a vision follow the vision Work diligently for that vision. You got to think big, like you got to think real fucking big, and understand that somebody has to do it. You know, so you don't be confined by what your thoughts or your friends' thoughts are as normal. Think big. Somebody's got to build Amazon. Somebody's got to build eBay. Somebody has to be President. <laughs> Let it be you, but understand that it's going to come with a lot of consequences. You're going to lose friends. You're going to have naysayers, and that's okay. That's okay you your friends from high school, your friends from college they may not be your friends the rest of your life that's okay you'll make new ones you'll have you'll have the ability to grow but you're gonna have to work your ass off along that ride. this whole internet world that we live in, those fucking click funnels we talk about, like you,
0: <laughs>
1: you're going to be successful. It's going to come with hard motherfucking work. And if you're not willing to work and you're not willing to set big goals and you're not willing to get made fun of, you're not willing people to, you know, to say what you're doing is crazy. You're in the wrong motherfucking space. And that's what I have to tell you from a practical standpoint. And last but not least, you got to get back and change the world. You got to get back. You got to give to get. And you know, the world has, and this is my thought about world of, uh, law of attraction, you got to learn to give to other people first, and you got to learn to take care of humans. Humans, you got to care about humans. You got to take care of people who can't take care of themselves. I choose kids. I, I have a, I have my own 501c3 that I choose to take care of children, uh, whether it be in inner cities or Haiti. Um, we have a bunch of different models where so we go out and, and and help children, and and you know, and so I believe with those core values you can be successful. And so we have a, a mantra around here that we always talk about. And, and this is something that, that, that makes us and, and, and always ask this question to ourselves, if not us, then who, if not now, then when? And cool. so taking ownership and leading and making sure that we're doing the right thing always and forever by our people is key fucking value number one around here. And so if you do those things, you know, if you just take that last five minute clip or two minutes or three minutes <laughs> however long it is, and you put it on replay You'll do pretty fucking good as long as you can look in the mirror and know that you're giving it hell.
0: <laughs> Brother, I love your energy. I think your advice is so amazing. Um, I, I love this episode. So um before I ask you the last two questions, um tell everybody where they can connect with you on the social web. where can then uh, can they work with you and so on and so forth.
1: Yeah, my social media is at Mr. Forsella. It's at sign mister M-R-F-R-I-S-E-L-L-A. Uh, my name, just to be clear, is Sal Frisella. S-A-L-F-R-I-S-E-L-L-A. Uh, our brand is At First Form, the number one S-T, like first place, just like we should be, P-H-O-R-M. So um, check us out if you guys need any help, questions, diet, exercise, supplementation, nutrition. If you want to change your life, if you need to know uh, what size spark plug your motor takes, call us. We'll get you taken care of.
0: and one big warning guys this guy is so huge so um (laughs) (laughs) so um last two questions right um what have you learned in the last two years that excite you the most and it could be like anything we had guests like who shared something deeply personal it can be about your family about your business about health about anything like
1: yeah i'm okay i mean i I can share a billion things but i will tell you like you know, first of all, I am very interpersonal. Like I'll tell anybody anything. Uh, My wife sometimes hates that. But, uh, (laughs) you know, for me, it was kids, honestly, for me, it was kids. And and the reason being is, is it's the ultimate accountability factor for me. Um, You know, when I talk about being a good leader, and I think it comes with being a good father first, and you have to learn to um, treat people as if you were, as you would your children, you know? And, and I think, you know, in today's world, like giving your children tough love is okay. You know, making sure that you tell your children no is okay. Leading them in the right direction is what you want to do. And so I found so much cohesiveness in raising my kids as I treat my employees as family and making sure that you always do what's right by them. Not by, not right, not what's right by you, what's right by them. And when you learn to take care of people, they will in turn take care of you. And that's something you cannot fake. And so for me, excuse me, for me, it was having kids. um, And and that's not like it revamped my world, but it really ensured, it really drove home the fact of what my legacy is uh, and what I want it to be. And, you know, legacy is the hot topic now online, which is pretty funny because we've been talking about that shit for five, 10 years. But, you know, when you look at legacy, like I don't care, I really don't care how many people follow me on social media, I care about how many people show up at my funeral and tell my kids stories for years and years and years about how their daddy was a good man who took care of people and, 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 and I impacted their life in a positive way and I was able to not only show them how to be a man or a woman but how to raise a family and, and be a good business leader and, and be a good human more than anything and so for me that's what's important to me and that's what's changed over the last two years most importantly
0: love this loves this so um last question would be what would you tell your 20 year old self if you could go back in time
1: well if i could tell myself the truth i probably wouldn't be in the position i'm in now um i'd be a lot further or in a different profession but honestly you probably would have well see that's catch 22 because if i told myself this at 20 i wouldn't have met my wife and have my kids so it's kind of like i'm very 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 fortunate to be in the position that I'm in because I was raised properly. So I, I yeah, it's hard for me to say, to go back and, and take baseball <laughs> seriously because if I had taken baseball serious, I probably wouldn't have the life that I have now. And I don't yeah. want to kick, I don't want to kick the life that I have in the, in, in, the life that I have now in, in the mouth and, and be unappreciative because because of all the struggles and all the mistakes and all the things that, that I did incorrectly, we've been able to create something that is very correct and, and, I like the 20 year old me. He was arrogant, stupid, cocky, uneducated, drank a lot, drank way too many beers and, and, um, and had a lot of fun, but, you know, I, I can't say that I would change anything if I'm being honest. And I don't mean that. I don't mean that any other way than the truth. I like, there are a lot of things that I, that I did wrong, but I don't, I don't regret them because um you know part of the relatability that i have with all of my guys is you know all the
0: things because I you've made, made. This, this, those mistakes right yeah.
1: i mean i am a relationship consultant 101 i mean if you have a problem <laughs> in your relationship you call me
0: give me 10 them. minutes <laughs> yeah. I, help,
1: I help those guys through all that shit man and that's but you want to talk about human connection and human bond yeah. you help them you help you help them through those things and you learn that like people are going to get divorced and they're going to break up and they're going to you know, be excited. And you got to learn to manage those, those processes along the way. And so I went through all that shit, man. And I'll tell you what, it took me a long time to learn, but it spawned into where I've had a great marriage. You know, I have great relationships with, with, uh, my friends and family and kids. And honestly, you know, I don't know. The only thing that I would probably go back and tell myself is maybe some winning lottery numbers, you know, or the Cardinals are going to win the
0: <laughs>
1: somewhere. I can make a little extra money on the side. that So they make it a little easier out of the gate, but Man, I've had a great life. I've been blessed. And, and, you know, I thank God literally every single day for the opportunities he's created me with, for, for giving me the opportunity to be able to lead. And, and, and I hope that I'm able to give back to the world in the way that, that, that it was given to me. And so that's my passion, man. My passion is people. I love people. I love helping people. And, and I hope that, you know, your listeners today, you know, found some value in, in, um, in the message that I bring.
0: Um, I think this episode was so amazing. You dropped so many gold nuggets here, so much wisdom. Um, So your your advice was great. So thank you very, very much for being here. And um, thank you for your time.
1: Hardy, thank you, man. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: (laughs) Talk soon. See you, brother.